0: What up world! Welcome in and all to another episode of the Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nations blogging the boys.com. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know me, of course, from DTB and from right here as your humble host on the Ocho. It is a Monday, November 2nd, 2020. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and we want to congratulate you for making it to the halfway point of the 2020 Dallas Cowboys season. Only half Way to go. Oh my goodness. It is our official Dallas Cowboys post game show right here on the Blog of the Boys podcast network. Make sure you subscribe to the BTB podcast network. We are available on all major podcast platforms so that you get access to all of our wonderful shows. We have episodes coming out every 12 hours because we know that there is always news, always something going on in the world of America's team. Look on Apple devices, Spotify. Like I said, we are all over the place, including with a brand new twist. We'll get to that in a second. It is Monday, which means you will have a new episode of Girls Talking Boys with Kelsey Charles and Meg Murray. I imagine that they are going to have some thoughts and some feelings on the latest episode of GTB. Looking forward to it. And like I said, you can listen to the podcast and now you can watch the podcast. That's right. The official Blog on the Boys YouTube channel, which by the way has a new, uh, by the time you listen to this, probably has a new video going up uh, where we recap everything that happened with some highlights, discussions, and appearance from a couple of BTB staffers and whatnot. And now, starting Monday, November 2nd, we are putting Putting all of our podcasts on our YouTube channel. Some people like to watch. maybe you are a frequenter, maybe you use the tube of use and you want to consume our podcast that way. So, Go subscribe to the official Blog of the Boys YouTube channel. Search for Blog of the Boys in YouTube. Hit subscribe. You get alerts whenever we post new videos. All of our shows will now be accessible on our YouTube channel, starting with Monday's episode of Girls Talking Boys, so you can look forward to that as well. I mentioned it is the post-game show, and I did everything I could to delay having to talk about that game. The Dallas Cowboys falling for the third week in a row, this time on the road. The Philadelphia Eagles 23-9, the final score thanks to a safety an intentional safety at that the Cowboys now two and six on the season sitting squarely in third place in the NFC East it is worth mentioning if you care that the New York Giants play on Monday Night Football they host the Tomp Bay Buccaneers uh, but the New York Giants one and six entering that game so they can only improve to a record that would match the Dallas Cowboys if they just so happen to be Tom Brady and the Bucs we all know that that is not going to happen but the Philadelphia Eagles with that new win over the vaunted Dallas Cowboys defense now three four And one, we are about to be in week nine, people. And the Philadelphia Eagles lead the NFC East with three wins and a tie. The Philadelphia Eagles are on bye in week nine, by the way. The Washington football team will play the aforementioned New York Giants in week nine. They are two and five, they are coming off. Of their bye, so it is likely that there are three wins between them when they meet next week. The Dallas Cowboys, though two and six next week, they will host the only undefeated team in the NFL, the Pittsburgh Steelers, getting to seven and zero after their win against the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday afternoon. We will be talking about that on the latest episode of Monday Football Monday on the SB Nation NFL Show. If you want to go check that out, also available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, myself, Michael Kiss, Pete Sweeney, we have a good time chopping it up, talking about all things NFL. But we are here to talk about the Dallas. Cow- Cowboys, and man, I just, um, it, it, I think I speak for most of us, maybe not all of us, but I think I speak for most of us in saying, um, you know, it, it's never going to be some, it, we're never going to be comfortable with saying, I'm happy that the Dallas Cowboys lost. That sentence is never going to feel good. I think that we all share the sentiment. I think that we all want the best possible draft pick for the Dallas Cowboys because we've accepted what this season is. But it's just you know we we're, we're human, right? We, we we allow our emotions to to kind of you know drive us sometimes. And the the Ben DiNucci thing, the Nucci, it was a meme all last week, and we had some fun with it, and it kind of distracted from the pain that has been the Dallas Cowboys season. But you know. If if you're one of these people that is upset about Ben DiNucci not playing well, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I, I truly don't because there are people that are pissed off that a rookie seventh round draft pick from James Madison did not light the world on fire on Sunday night football. Uh, ben DiNucci finished 21 of 40, 180 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, although uh, he certainly uh, had his fair share of turnovers, had two lost fumbles. Um, but again, this guy was playing James Madison football a year ago, and uh, lots of people, lots of takes, right? Like, well, why did the Cowboys even draft him if, if he's going to be this bad? They drafted him in the seventh round. You know, th- this was never the plan. We we are so far down the the plans, right? Like, there's Plan B and there's Plan C and there's Plan D. We are like at Plan S, all right? Like, like as in you know, sauce. I mean, we are at Plan S, all right, man. I mean, it is it is bad, and so it was going to be bad. And I honestly. I wouldn't make the biggest argument about this, but if, if you caught me in the right mood, I might for a brief second try to make the argument that Ben DiNucci outplayed Carson Wentz on Sunday night. Carson Wentz, the the, the idea that, that he is anywhere near the same level as Dak Prescott is the joke of all jokes, but that, that is a conversation for a different day. Carson Wentz did what he could, actually, to make this game, make it a game, rather, for the Cowboys. Carson Wentz threw two interceptions uh, to Trayvon Diggs. The Dallas Cowboys entered this game against the Philadelphia Eagles, all right, with a 2-5 and five record, which means, you know, do that math, they had played seven games on the season, all right? Now, in those seven games, the Dallas Cowboys had one interception. Literally one. Just one. Like, one, like uno. All right? A single interception. they picked off Jared Goff on a play that honestly shouldn't have happened because of the Alden Smith penalty that was not called uh, in the season over there that, incidentally, was also on the NBC's production of Sunday Night Football. Uh, but so, the Cowboys got two interceptions almost in a half it was the second or excuse me the first possession of the second half of this game that Trayvon Diggs got his second interception off Carson Wentz and I mean I don't want to take anything away from Carson Wentz or excuse me from Trayvon Diggs I'm all over the place here um but these were awful throws by by Carson Wentz I mean it's not like you know not like Trayvon Diggs broke on a route or something I mean again all the credit in the world of the Cowboys rookie second round draft pick um and, and the first one he got that shin down and that was really cool um but but you know, that that was a bright moment. I talk all the time here on the postgame show. I do winners and losers over at blogandtheboys.com. Um, th- this week, I finally maintained the structure. We did five winners and five losers. I, I got tired of doing just 10 losers. Trayvon Diggs, I think, is the biggest winner from this game. Um, and, and, and you know, we've accepted, right, that, that he's going to get burnt. I mean, you know, not certainly identically to Ben DiNucci, but, you know, you have to add the qualifier when you talk about Trayvon Diggs that the guy's been playing cornerback for like three years and so he's going to have times where he gets burnt we've learned that so far but he has so much potential he has so much talent he has a lot of ability that is going to be you know I think serviceable for the Cowboys over time and that's what this season is at this point this season is learning ground this season is training ground this season is is just figuring out who you are what you're good at putting things on tape and experimenting and we saw a lot of experimenting certainly from the Cowboys on offense I lost track of how many Wildcat trick play, things the Cowboys did. They got Ezekiel Elliott involved again in the Wildcat. Felt like watching the the Ronnie Brown Miami Dolphins. By the way, I was the only person of the Monday Football Monday crew who picked the Dolphins to win in Week 8, so shout out to me. Um, but, you know, so Zeke Elliott utilized the Wildcats. Cedric Wilson uh, on reverses. We saw a double reverse. We saw a fake double reverse. I thought Tony Pollard looked really, really good in this game. He wasn't amongst my winners, uh, but I thought that Tony Pollard had a really strong performance for the Cowboys. It's not something that I think really showed up, uh, but it is you know certainly worth mentioning. Ezekiel Elliott finished 19 carries, 63 yards. Tony Pollard seven carries only, uh, so you know not even half of what Zeke had, and 40 yards on the ground. Ben DiNucci, by the way, did carry the ball five times for 22 yards. We heard so much about how he was able to get it done on the move, but I mean th- this. Offensively for the Cowboys, this is this is what we sh- you know you should have been expecting. This, this is kind of what you've been cautioning um, ever since Dak Prescott went down. I do think, and I don't want to be this guy, but I do think that Andy Dalton wins this game for the Cowboys just because the Eagles are that bad. And you know, it looks like Andy Dalton will return next week against the Pittsburgh Steelers, the undefeated Steelers. I don't know why you do that, honestly. If it if it's me and and I know it's it's easy to say these things, right? Like it's easy to say let's just tank whatever. Um but but if I'm head coach, all right? The Dallas Cowboys are on a bye after their week nine game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. By the way, that's Masters week. So, you know, and, and that's the week that uh, the PS5 comes out, I believe. And, and, oh my gosh, have you seen the latest footage from Spider-Man Miles Morales? That game looks incredible. But I digress. Um... You are one game away from the bye week if you're Mike McCarthy. I don't and, and Andy Dalton is one week removed from a concussion that took him out for a week. And, you know, again, I'm not gonna speak to Andy Dalton's medical status, but if he is anywhere, you know, unless unless Andy Dalton is like one bajillion percent ready to roll I don't see the need I mean you're you're two and six you know what are you going to do rolling them out there for against the last undefeated team in the NFL you're going to lose that game you might as well if you want to try to salvage this season because the Philadelphia Eagles schedule does get hard as NBC pointed out many times you just lay up Against Pittsburgh because we know how that's gonna go. And by the way, you know this this is gonna be the narrative all week long. We've already kind of started to sprinkle it. Um, the last time Mike McCarthy played the Pittsburgh Steelers in the building that he will play them in next week, he won the Super Bowl. No big deal, whatever. Uh, but lay up. I mean, play Ben DiNucci. And and again, I I don't know why people are, are mad at this guy. Like like he was supposed to be anything great. But I mean, you know, you, you can't have the same conversation a million times in a row. And and I, that's why I just want to have it this once. I I what what did you expect? If you are mad about the way Ben DiNucci played, the Dallas Cowboys started a rookie seventh round draft pick who went to JMU, who is in week or was in week eight of his first year in the NFL, a season that is by far the most challenging that anybody has ever seen, where he has gotten the least amount of work and preparation that he would have ever had, which would have been limited, you know, to begin with. I mean, this this was inevitable. This this was obviously going to be the case, but whatever. I still think you play Ben DiNucci against Pittsburgh, you get Andy Dalton right, and then when you come out of the bye, you go to Minnesota, maybe you figure it out, even though, you know, they look a little bit tougher after beating the Green Bay Packers on Sunday, but again, that's a few weeks away. We got a lot of problems to deal with in the here and now. I mentioned the Cowboys got tricky on offense. I thought, you know, I thought Kellen Moore really utilized the hour that we all gained when we fell back, and he changed his clocks. I mean, This was, this was Kellen Moore looking, you know, like finding, you know, like looking through, um, I've never done this myself, but, I think people do this, um, you know, like going through your textbooks from college and, you know, like, man, I remember that. And, you know, let me go look that up to double check this or whatever. Again, I've never done that personally, but apparently it's a thing that people do that to me. It seemed like Kellen Moore was like, I think I ran this play in eighth grade. That was pretty cool. Let me, let me, let me go back and look through the old three ring binder where I've got them in laminated sheets, you know, and it makes the sound, you know what I'm talking about? Um, and I, 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 give Kellen Moore a lot of credit for that. I mean, for trying, um, I, I would have, you know, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more utilization of Ben DiNucci's wheels. We, we heard so much about that. But, I mean, the, the Cowboys are working with not a lot. And, and I think the reason, to get back to a point, I know I'm all over the place. Um, I think the reason that Andy Dalton wins this game is this was this was maybe the best that the Cowboys' offensive line has looked without Dak Prescott. Um, And and I think a huge part of that is you got Zach Martin back. I think another huge part of that is just time. I mean, you know, people are are getting more experienced. Terrence Steele had a bad moment that led to the first DiNucci fumble. Um, But I mean, overall, I thought the offensive line played well enough for a quarterback to be able to beat who the Philadelphia Eagles were both on offense and defense on Sunday night. And and that's why I think Andy Dalton wins this game. I also think to jump to the other side of the ball, I think that this was the best that the Dallas Cowboys defense has looked all season, and maybe that's Leighton Vander Esch kind of getting his sea legs out from under him. Maybe that's Sean Lee being back. Maybe that's Demarcus Lawrence. He had such an incredible game. Um, I mean, maybe that's Donovan Wilson getting more experience. I don't know why the Cowboys took so long to play him. Um, Donovan Wilson had the the fumble off Carson Wentz. Leighton Vander Esch had a sack fumble. Um, and again, those were opportunities. I mean, Carson Wentz threw two interceptions and put the ball on the ground twice. I mean, the Cowboys won the turnover battle four to two. Mike McCarthy talks so much about turnovers, and they lost this game. That's why. Again, I I do think that Andy Dalton is just barely enough uh, because I mean I don't I don't count that safety at the end. Uh, It was twenty-one to nine, you know. Ultimately, before that safety, Um, and and I just think that I think Andy Dalton maybe helps a little bit more in some of those circumstances. Uh, But and and again, I mean, so defensively, you got elite performances, and I'll use that word from Demarcus Lawrence, from Trayvon Diggs. I mean, you know, again. Maybe we're stretching the elite a little bit there. But still, you got really great performances from Demarcus Lawrence, from Trayvon Diggs, from Leighton Van Der Esch. I thought Randy Gregory played really well, had a, a really kind of weak penalty on him. Um, and, and, you know, that should be enough. But I, it should also be said that you had really just awful defensive performances from Jalen Smith and from Tyrone Crawford. And I really, I feel bad at this point because, I mean, you know, we're all on Twitter and I hate, I hate, you know, having the same Jalen is bad tweets, right? Like that's not cool, but it's, I mean, it's, and again, I'm not trying to pile on. That's the whole purpose of framing the discussion this way. And I don't, I don't want us to pile on. I don't want you and me to sit here and just bag on Jalen Smith. That's not the purpose of this. Um, but I, I I do believe that it is categorically irresponsible of the Dallas Cowboys to be playing Jalen Smith at this point. At one point, he ran away from Carson Wentz, and uh, I had a tweet, and forgive me if you were who tweeted it at me, um, at, at the time, at the point, and it's what led to the, the Wentz to Fulgham touchdown, at the, at the point that Jalen starts running away, Carson Wentz was past the line of scrimmage, so maybe Jalen's thinking, let me go play this, this coverage here, but Carson can't throw that ball anymore, and and it's those little things that seem to be big mistakes for Jalen Smith. The touchdown early on, uh, I mean, just just bit beyond belief. Our, our friends at Bleeding Green Nation shared an unfortunate video of that, um, and so I I don't know how you do that. Um, I, I mean, the Cowboys cool. You you've traded Everson Griffin. You cut Dontari Poe. You cut Daryl Worley you really sent a message, you know, like everybody's really scared, you know, that you're really going to do something. Um, and it's, it's just, I I just, I don't know that that's, that's a hard, that's a hard thing to take. And Tyrone Crawford, um, you know, like I said, I do winners and losers. My, my, my three biggest losers were Jalen Smith, Tyrone Crawford, and Chris Jones. Um, and, and Tyrone, we've, we've had these conversations for years now when it comes to Tyrone Crawford and Chris Jones, specifically Jalen's, um, ascendance uh, in the loser category has, has been certainly more radical, uh, but really kind of come on over the last, you know, over the last like 365 days, so to speak. Uh, but Chris Jones has been really bad. I mean, and, and there was a point where Chris Jones was an underrated punter, but it's just not the case anymore. And Tyrone Crawford, I, I you know, There has been discussions after the, I believe, Chicago game last year uh, on Thursday Night Football. I believe it was NFL Network's Mike Garofalo reported that the, the young Cowboys were not leading and they missed players like Tyrone Crawford, who you'll remember was lost for the season. And... Yeah, I mean, there, there's always the guy that 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 is overpaid for a lot of Cowboys fans. Brandon Carr, Tyrone Crawford. Uh, we'll see who it becomes when when Tyrone is finally gone. But but Tyrone Crawford looks lost. And and, and so much of this is the Cowboys have been beaten up injury wise. I get that. You get that. Uh, but but that's the frustrating thing to me is as bad as Ben DiNucci played, that was predictable. You knew that was going to happen. You knew you were up against a wall with a rookie seventh round quarterback. So you had to play really great elsewhere and coach really great in order to have a chance. And I think the Cowboys did that. I think that offensively, again, is exemplified by the amount of creativity he showed, I think Kellen Moore did what he could. It just obviously wasn't enough. I think, I, I mean, one of my winners, and maybe you'll scoff at this was Mike Nolan and, by no means am I saying that Mike Nolan deserves to be around forever. And I, you know, that again, it's hard conversation to have, but I thought Mike Nolan's defense played well. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Mike Nolan and he was a meme himself last week with the Tabasco and stuff. And so I thought that Mike Nolan's defense came to play, but you cannot, you can't in one, out of one side of your mouth, tell me that and, and perform that way. And then out of the other side, play guys like Tyrone Crawford and Jalen Smith. And maybe you say, well, what's the option? The option's Joe Thomas. I mean, and again, I realize it's not a great option, but that's that's where you're at. I mean that you 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 know just insisting on playing them because of their their salary and their their cap charge I mean is ridiculous at this point. And you know we have sort of been told or led to believe that that's not the culture that Mike McCarthy is breeding and maybe it's taking McCarthy time to weed through that but that just I don't know that doesn't that doesn't seem to sit well um for me. Um I thought Greg Zerline played really well. I mean if you're if you're into that um you know obviously had the miss but um had had three really great field goals I thought certainly the one at the end of the first half that that fade he, he sort of pushed right in that was awesome had the really interesting um, you know fair kick right a- after the safety that they took I mean I don't know like this I, I just would love to watch Greg Zerline with a football with a bag of footballs for like two hours I would find that fascinating like what the types of things this dude must do and, and experiment with and touch on and you know play with or whatever I mean it it must be quite the sight that's, that's really you know what I'm trying to say here uh, but man, I just I don't know they're two and six, man. I, I mean it's it's and we we've said this before. Um it's only going to get worse before it gets better. And I don't think that this game was worse, honestly. I I felt much worse after last week. I felt much worse after the Monday night football loss to the Cardinals. I honestly maybe you disagree with this one. I felt worse after the Cleveland loss um, and because that was a different type of, of, like, gunk, right? I mean, at that point, it was so apparent that they were just going to waste uh, an elite season from Dak Prescott. And obviously, that, that didn't, you know, come to fruition. But, I mean, so, I don't know. I, I feel... I feel sort of promising, you know. Friend of the show, Dave Hellman had a tweet I thought that, that kind of summarized the situation well in my mind. Uh, Dave tweeted, "Believe it or not, this is a pretty damn encouraging result. If the rest of the Cowboys roster can play this way with Andy Dalton back in the lineup, I think they can be a pretty competent team." So there's that on Twitter at Hellman DC. Um, again, maybe you know, maybe you don't believe that, but this this was the best coaching performance that we have seen from this staff. It was not perfect. That's not what I'm saying. It was not flawless. But this was the best performance that we have seen from this coaching staff. This was a performance that we never saw under Jason Garrett. And let me explain before you freak out. We never saw a Jason Garrett team, Dave used a really important word there, competent. We never saw a Jason Garrett team able to look competent without Tony Romo. And, and obviously, he never played a game in the Dak Prescott era without Dak. I mean, that just never happened. I mean, think about it. You know, I'm not trying to you know start the how how much running backs matter argument that's not what i'm doing here but think about how incompetent jason garrett's offense looked without ezekiel elliott Right? And we know that running backs are so easily replaceable in, in legitimate and, and bright-minded offenses, and and Jason Garrett's offense collapsed. And that was without a running back. I mean, think about what Jason Garrett would have looked like without Dak Prescott. He would have looked like what he looked like in 2015 without Tony Romo. And so I know that the Cowboys didn't win this game, and I know that that's what matters most. I know that results are sort of the end-all, be-all here. But this was the most encouraged that I have been by Mike McCarthy and his staff because they showed an ability to knuckle down, get to work, and find a way. And they damn near found a way. They got a lot of help by way of Carson Wentz. There's no disputing that. But this, you know, this was – I've been saying all week that there were three things entering this game that I was a fan of when it came to Mike McCarthy. If you missed that list, number one, it was when McCarthy chose to go for two against Atlanta. Number two, it was the fact that he called out Cowboys players for not defending Andy Dalton last week after the John Bostick hit, and, you know, whatever. Number three, it was the fact that he played Ben DiNucci. And I know you're, you're laughing right now, like, <laughs> how could you say that was a good thing? You know what? that's a good thing? Because Ben is going to be around the team a whole hell of a lot longer than Garrett Gilbert is, and Ben DiNucci was always going to be really bad for the reasons that we have already mentioned. But Mike McCarthy took this opportunity to get Ben DiNucci some experience. And that, to me, is the sign of somebody who has accepted the situation that the Dallas Cowboys are in and is trying to take as much information as he can to 2021 and beyond, where at present time, the Dallas Cowboys hold the sixth overall pick in the NFL draft. Who knows who they'll take with that? We'll certainly discuss a lot of it. But I am encouraged. I'm not optimistic by any means. But I am. I feel better than I have felt in a long time. And the loss doesn't affect me personally. I don't think it should affect you either. We knew the Cowboys were going to lose. I mean, you know, like who are they going to beat? You know their remaining schedule. Again, they're losing to Pittsburgh next week, so that puts them at two and seven into the bye. They come out and they travel to Minnesota. I mean, right now we'll call that a loss, right? That they're two and eight at that point. They return on a short week to host Washington. Why are we going to pick them against Washington when we saw what happened last week? They're two and nine. Then seven days after that, they travel to take on the Baltimore Ravens. Hopefully, we get to see Des Bryant play at some point for the Ravens. By the way, maybe he plays that day. They're losing that game. They're two and ten. Then. They get a week and a half, the little mini buy before they travel to take on the Cincinnati Bengals, who just beat the Titans. I mean, so they're two and eleven at that point, you know. And and then they still got to play the Niners. They got to play the Eagles again. They got to play the Giants. I mean, I legitimately don't know if they're gonna get another win. I really don't know. Um, and that's okay. That that's okay because again, we have to accept what this is. This is a season of education. This is a season of experimentation. This is a season of, you know, and I know we've had to have a lot of it as Cowboys fans. This is a season, unfortunately, of patience, all right? And it didn't become a season of patience when the Cowboys lost in Philadelphia. It didn't become a season of patience when the Cowboys lost against Arizona on Monday Night Football in Washington last week. It became a season of patience the moment that Dak Prescott's ankle got injured against the New York Giants about a month ago, all right? You can you can tell yourself that Andy Dalton could have done this, whatever. No, that was never going to happen, all right? And so at this point, all right, think about the things that we have talked about, all right? The, the things that, you know, at least I have deemed winners, all right? We're talking about Trayvon Diggs, got an opportunity. All right, you know what Dak Prescott can need when he comes back to the Cowboys? A legitimate stud starting cornerback. Maybe the Cowboys will have that in the future in Trayvon Diggs. Leighton Vandrish looked really good, um, and I know he's certainly had his fair share of injuries, but if, if he can maintain his health, the Cowboys will have a legitimate stud middle linebacker, and that will be a lot of fun. Tank Lawrence played his ass off, and good for him. He is a monster when he is on. He's underappreciated by so many Cowboys fans, and so if you can have a legitimate pass rusher on defense, that is a very good Thing Randy Gregory looks really good. Obviously Alden Smith has had some moments. I mean there are a lot of a lot of positive things that we're we're building on. This is like you know like you ever play Minecraft? You know what I mean? Like you, you got to mine the materials out before you can you can build the awesome stuff. That I don't know how people do. You know you, I, it's nuts how these kids build this stuff. You ever like watch it on YouTube? Like I mean like go to go watch the blog and the boy stuff please on YouTube. But man these. These kids on Minecraft, like, they they make, like, football stadiums and stuff, but whatever. Anyway, this was the most promising result that could have ultimately happened, as painful as it is. Because, like I said, at current moment, the Dallas Cowboys hold the sixth overall pick in the NFL draft. What you want at this point is you want a lot of experience, you want a lot of education, you want a premier draft selection, all right? That's the reality here. And it's a bummer to lose to the Eagles. It's always a bummer to lose to the Eagles. It's a bummer that the Cowboys have lost three games in a row. It's a bummer that the Cowboys have back to back games with single digit points. The Cowboys, I I tweeted this, but the Cowboys, um, the drive that Dak Prescott got hurt on against the Giants, they went on to score a touchdown on that drive. So I'm not really giving them that because Dak did some of that work. Not counting that drive, which again, Dak Prescott aided in. So not counting that, all Dak Prescott lists drives that the Cowboys have had, they have one touchdown on, and it was in garbage time against Arizona on Monday Night Football. In the last two games, the Dallas Cowboys have kicked four field goals, or made four field goals, rather. That's it. In eight quarters, they have four field goals. That is it. It's not a lot. It's a lot to be upset about. It's a lot to be mad about, and we're at the point now where it's getting darker early because, like I said, the time fell back, and it's just pain. It's just pain, and it's sadness, and it's frustrating, but it is hopefully all with a huge purpose. And that's what we have to tell ourselves. And um, I hope you feel that way. I think there's a legitimate reason to feel that way. Like I said, I, I feel encouraged. I'm hyped about Trayvon Diggs. I'm excited about Randy Gregory. Um, and I hope the Eagles double down on Carson Wentz. I mean, again, he he played better than Ben DiNucci. Like, let's be real here. But, I mean, not by a wide margin. And so I hope the Eagles win the NFC East and believe themselves to have no issues and go at it again. Because yeah, it's frustrating to think about Man, if, if Dak were around, you know, the Cowboys would just be cruising this thing. Yeah, they would. So let's hope that that's the case in 2021 and beyond because that would be a very cool thing. Uh, make sure to check out the Block of the Boys YouTube channel. Like I said, starting to put our shows out there starting Monday. We'll have a new post game reaction show available for you on Monday as well, probably dropping Monday a.m. sometime. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Make sure you subscribe right here to the Block of the Boys Podcast Network. We put out Two episodes every single day. This is the Ocho. Every morning you get this show in your podcast feed. It's kind of the latest headlines, what's going on. Uh, it's called the Ocho because we can make it eight minutes or less. We're you know trendy like that, whatever. Uh, and we just tell you what you need to know. Maybe, you know. We know you're busy. We know not every day you can spend directly on Twitter. So we want to make sure that you are well fed when it comes to Cowboys news. We give you a lengthier show later on in the afternoon, Mondays and Fridays, Girls Talking Boys with Kelsey Charles and Meg Murray. On Tuesdays, the 750 with two-time Super Bowl champion Tony. You and myself. Wednesdays, you get Talking the Star with Connor Livesey, Dalton Miller, and Cole Patterson. And Thursdays, you get Broadcasting the Boys with Ari Temkin and Roy White. So uh, make sure you check all that out. Make sure you check out bloggingtheboys.com. You're home for the latest and greatest in the world of America's team. I'm R. Joe You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at R. Joe Choa. Um, and uh, we're going to get through this, man. I, I know every-, every week it's just... <sighs> again the Steelers next week they're undefeated it's gonna be terrible I know I know but the best part about all of this I maintain is that we get to go through it together that makes it all fun that gives it all a purpose that makes it all all the more interesting and that is truly my favorite part about it all Um, that, that we all share this wonderful common denominator that we hope gets a lot better sometime sooner so That concludes our post-game show. Uh, Do me a favor. Do all of us a favor. Have the absolute best Monday of all time. You know why? Because you deserve it. We will see you in the my friends. As always, go Cowboys and peace out.